Hi, my name is Amy Honorado, and you're listening to another DMN one-on-one podcast. I'm joined here today by Barry Clogan, the president of Retail Solutions at My Web Grocer. Hey, Barry, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Amy. And you? Good, good. So uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, the state of grocery, how it's changing, and, and what really we're looking towards in as far as digital transformation. So, Barry, just from you know your experience and and your background. How has the industry changed and, and where is it going today? The industry is, is, I think the industry is changing dramatically, but it's still in the early days. Um, I think it's still in day one. So the way I, the way I see it is um, a grocer, grocers have got to adapt to a particular change in mindset, a particular, a particular change in culture within their business to try and understand where customers are shopping, how are they going to shop in the future, how are they going to continue to engage with them. Um, so again, if you, if you think about where a grocery is at and you think about your customer base and you understand where are, are my customers shopping online and we know the answer to that is yes they're shopping online whether it's for a grocery or for other things and um, what products are they shopping online how is that starting to ch- to eat into the assortment that I'm offering and the propositions that I'm offering them are they engaging with other meal, sit, meal kit solution providers are they engaging with you know buying center store products or diapers directly online and getting them subscri- uh, you know, getting them delivered to their home so all of that change is happening in consumer behavior. Um, and that's the, the big challenge today in terms of how we, how we adapt to that. It's very true. I, I mean, grocery is a very, if you think about the, the traditional kind of shopping experiences, a lot of the time when we think about digital, we look at it through that retail, e-commerce, people are going to you know, Amazon and, and shopping for clothes and appliances and tools and you know, anything that they need right now, it's all like, you know, the snap of a finger, press of a button, even on voice, you know, you can talk to your Echo or your home or, or whatever sort of ways you can access it. It's very much so a, a, an omni-channel experience. If you think about what grocery was traditionally, it was very much a, a brick and mortar thing. You know, at least when I was younger, I would go grocery shopping with my parents every Sunday. And that, you know, that has a very traditional roots and, and how do you think now is grocery being looked at as as a digital thing? Are people kind of look viewing that sector the same way that they do kind of retail online now? Well, I think it's still I think it's definitely ripe for disruption. Um, so um, maybe your parents are a bit more patient than I am, but I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm definitely not bringing my three kids to the grocery store. Um, I don't want that hassle. Um, so I, I want the convenience and, and the, an online proposition that kind of is relevant to how I live my life. Um, and I think that that's, again, that's what we need to tap into here. It's, it's understanding those different propositions, those different demographics. Um, grocers need to, if you've got incredible data, first and foremost, about customers, they've got incredible proximity to customers, they've got great locations, they've got great frequency of visit and shop, probably better than any other retail vertical, and they've got incredible data about customers. So it's how do you now build propositions, build online, have online conversations with customers that are relevant? Whether they're looking for inspiration and persuasion about a particular recipe, whether they're um, you know trying to find what they'll cook for this weekend, or whether they're very diet conscious and they want some support from a nutrition perspective and from a meal kit perspective, and how do you how do you understand what those customers are looking for and build propositions for those customers? If you think about you know in my mind that's definitely where the where the you know where consumer behavior is going. Um, so on on that basis. You know, that's where the disruption is going to happen for grocery businesses because if they're not aware of that change in behavior, if they're not trying to 
do test and learn and against those propositions. And that proposition is both you know, in store, obviously, as well as it is online. And it's, it's product innovation in store. And it's um, you know, understanding what are the products that customers are engaged with. It's doing that in store, and it's, but it's educating customers online because that's where they're spending an awful lot of their time. So it's not necessarily a, you know, a in, online or in store, you know, one versus the other. It's very much bringing all of that together. But the re, the way that you're going to engage with customers and the way that you're going to, you know, learn from what they're how they're behaving and you're going to try and build some loyalty with them is to really test and learn into where these different propositions are and how you can make it relevant to how they live their life. So I think that. For me, that all of the, we see all of the trends, right? So we know that that disruption is happening. I think in, in grocery, it's still very much in the early in, in the early days, um, but we're going to see the continued change in, in, in consumer behavior, um, that continued disintermediation of different categories or different parts of the assortment uh, going online. So it's really about challenging and fighting back against that, and and offering something to customers that that makes it very efficient and drives that continued loyalty an interesting point that you bring up the idea of bringing a new type of value through content because you know if you think about it, everyone needs to go food shopping that's something that's always been like a necessity you know you need to you need a thing of milk or a box of cereal which it, it always been at least for grocery something that is a necessity but now you're kind of saying that it's moved beyond that that retailers and, and grocers need to kind of approach value proposition in a more holistic way through content through blogs through providing recipes so I guess from your experience how how have you seen grocers doing that now what have you seen worked and what have you seen kind of not work or kind of failed experiments in that sense so I, I think first of all I'd say that's that's correct I look at um, in my opinion at least there is a there's a high, what I describe as a hygiene factor. There's a, a need to be able to allow consumers in the first instance to be able to shop online with you. And if we, if we say within that umbrella, that's really about purely about convenience. The ability to be able to add that carton of milk or that bread to your basket and be able to either collect it or have it delivered um, and to build that basket. And there's a convenience orientated element to that that I think grocers have to have. But then to what I would describe as those other online propositions, I think that's where it needs more thought. It needs more curation of content. It needs more understanding of the demographic and understanding of the proposition that we're trying to target. What is the real shopping mission we're trying to solve for? And that's where you get into your different propositions for people who have pet food and you want to have something delivered to their house every Saturday morning um, and you pay a subscription or monthly fee, whether it's a, a wine business or a beer business or it's a craft beer collection and you're curating a list, a, a creating a, um, a, a concept or a, a brand for, for customers that they might can, might engage with and so they get to try new things. So both of those... You know, in, from my, in my mind, again, it's, it's that convenience on one hand, which is the hygiene factor of the must-have, and then you've got to explore into these other areas um, to, to be able to un make something relevant for customers. Um, so that's, that's how I kind of look at that. If you talk about what's been successful and what's not been successful, you know, fundamentally it's been being clear about what that proposition is. And it's very hard to be all things to all people. Um, so I think you've got to be careful about how you build those propositions. Um, uh, you know, from my experience, I was, uh, I've been in online grocery worldwide for across 11 different countries over the last number of years. And you know, I would gladly admit to the mistakes that we made in terms of getting it right in some countries where that proposition made sense, where that convenience factor, that basket building capability and the delivery or collection made sense for customers. But you went, we, we, we tried the same thing in Asia. 
um, and it, it didn't work, right? It was a faster paced kind of life. You didn't, you had maybe both people working at home or, um, or working uh, out of the home. You had maybe less car ownership. You had people looking for more convenience, more one hour delivery, smaller basket size. It was a more immediate need that you were trying to solve for. Um, so it, the mistakes that we've made definitely are, um, or that I've made in my career are really around spending time figuring out what is that proposition we're trying to solve for. And how do we curate that, that content for customers, that shopping journey for customers, and, and then really have the right metrics of success, uh, that we're, the measures of success that we're looking for. Um, so the, 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 trial and, the trial and error is, is what's important, um, uh, and, but getting that proposition right and defining that proposition I think is, is really valuable. Yeah, what's what's interesting now, and, and you see this with a lot of the way that marketing has evolved from the technology standpoint, is that the ability to identify audiences and, and target and even predict new audiences is becoming much easier with technology like AI, with segmentation. You know, how is technology in, in grocery playing a role to kind of make that value easier? Um, first of all, I think I would agree with you, it is becoming easier. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that I think everybody has, you know, has cracked the code on that. I mean, I think we're very still much in the early days of that, but it, it, there's definitely lots of exciting things happening in that space. Um, so there's, I think from an audience segmentation perspective, you know, there's lots of different companies out there, there's lots of different ways of doing this. Um, and again, that's where the, the learning has to happen. And that's where the, the measures of success is to, are, is there proof points that, that, that prove out these different things? Um, so I, I think it's it's definitely playing a significant part in the in the, in the grocery space. Um, I think from a from an AI perspective, understanding how you segment audiences, understanding their propensity to buy something, their desire to buy something, their likely you know the impact of other factors on on their purchase decision, the their their um, their sense sensitivity around price or promotion, what drives them, you know you. This huge amount of capability that's now out there from a technology perspective that helps grocers understand that. Um, so I think an investment in that that skill set and that capability to continue to, to re refine the segmentations, continue to find the skills, continue to find what audiences make sense, be able to test and learn those and, and, and fail fast against those things is really important. Uh, but yes, the, the amount of now new technology that is available um, is, is, is incredible. It's just, I guess, it's it's backing the right horse and it's picking the right one and it's being able to, to, to pivot quickly or to be able to learn fast. Um, I think that's the, the key the key challenge for, for the retail industry. I guess kind of going back to that omni-channel idea and, and how the experience of, of shopping has changed, something that I've, you know, being in the space and writing about this space, I've, I've seen is that retail is faced with that unique challenge of, of being able to keep up with demand. Uh, you know, if customers now, they expect things, they want it now, they wanted it yesterday, they want it in store, on their front steps, two-day shipping, that whole idea. And that presents that whole problem of supply chain and making sure that their back end kind of meets the demands of, of the front end marketing and the promises that they're making for customer experience. So how do you, from your perspective, how do you think that that is supply chain kind of coming into being something that marketers should be paying attention to and kind of becoming part of this omni-channel that hasn't been recognized before? Um, I think it's, it's, it's a very valid point um, that you raise. 
and the way I would look at it, and I think the way that's important to consider it is that we've got to accept that the consumer behavior is changing. People are going to shop more and more online. We need to build online propositions and, and for customers, and they need to be able to engage with and, and get different fulfillment solutions, whether it's ship from home, collected store, um, ship direct from, from distribution center as opposed to from store, for example. So there are different fulfillment options and there are different ways of breaking up a basket and, and providing that seamless experience to customers in different ways. So if, if we work on all of those assumptions, you now need to work backwards from what does that look like. And that's just reorientating in lots of ways the internal structures of your, of your, of your business. Um, because supply chain does need to adapt. Um, it, 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 from a technology perspective, we need to offer customers that level of flexibility and that level of convenience that they will expect. Um, but that does force a, a reverse engineering almost of some of the supply chain capabilities that are in place. Because, you know, to be fair, those those very, very efficient supply chain capabilities that have existed for grocery um, have been you know, designed to, to kind of meet a particular customer need or, or to service a particular store in a particular way. Um, and if you approach that now from the cons what does the consumer want but the cons customer at the heart of that, and then you redesign that supply chain, well actually it, it will drive some changes in it. It's not all about fulfilling directly to a particular store. It's about ensuring that we've got better shelf edge availability. It's maybe about ensuring about wider um, assortment. It's about being able to deliver um, to customers directly from that distribution center or to be able to fulfill it directly in time to meet an order that happens to be picked in store. So there's, it, it definitely drives a, a change or a reorientation or a redesign of supply chain within organizations. I guess moving forward, you know, what are the things that you're the most excited about um, changing in the industry, and, and what what are some of the challenges that you think that retailers or grocers may face in the future? Um, so I'm most excited about, and you mentioned it. I think you know the the new technology, the new uh, machine learning capability, AI. I think allows us to be very smart about how we are relevant for customers, um, not intrusive, but relevant, and offering using that data to offer value. Um, so, you know, serving somebody shotgun ads, as we know, is not necessarily, or shotgun couponing is, it doesn't add necessarily value to customers. You're not targeting the right people, they don't have the right propensity to buy. So I think being smarter about how we curate content and how we target customers and add value and relevance, I think is really important. Um, in my experience, I, I, I'm, I've seen lots of data that will indicate that if you're you know, if you're relevant and, and easy, easy to use, it drives longer term loyalty for customers. Um, so that, that I think is a, is a great um, uh, area of, of interest and excitement from my perspective. Um, I think there's also some interesting changes because this, this is still early days in terms of online grocery. And, and you know, I think it's fair to say that nobody's quite, quite cracked the code in terms of how you, how you build a, a very scalable, profitable business. Um, but I'm, I believe very strongly that that, that evolution of P&L, evolution of the operating model of online grocery against those different propositions is going to continue to evolve. And there's lots of um, uh, things that, have, that I've seen that have ex excited me, whether it's robotics or whether it's more efficient ways of, of picking product um, and, and curating a finer list of products and making it more widely available to customers. Um, so I've seen lots of things that are going to that excite me and give me confidence that we're going to step change the, the economics of online grocery. Um, so 
there's on the data side of things, I think there's really important real value in how we drive better economics around acquisition of customers and more relevance, as I said. And then from a fulfillment perspective, I think there's going to be significant changes in the industry that we're going to see over the next 12 and 18 months and even sooner. Um, so those those two things would give me confidence that that's going to, you know, support the, the continued demand that customers are having, the continued trend of customers engaging and shopping for food online. Thank you so much. We are right at time. Barry, it was fantastic to have you. It was great kind of learning your perspectives today. And for all of you listening, um, you can catch this online at dmnews.com and anywhere that you get your podcasts. We'll see you next week.